no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. the very centuries on today's show we preview our week four matchup against the broncos and much much more what's good brez hey dub i'm good man uh <laughs> i feel a little optimistic audience i hope um this don't bite me in the ass but you know <laughs> <laughs> it's thursday and i don't feel like i felt on sunday man we recorded this show on sunday man people was like they were like texting me dub they were like man i'm just checking on you make sure you okay bro they like you was pissed off on Sunday. I'm like, well, shit, you were? Like, come on. Right. <laughs> it's just me. Mad, emotional, call it whatever you want to call it, but it didn't sit well with me. Nah, man, maybe you know how, man, our, our friends are, man. They just had jokes. They was like, man, using your feelings. And I'm like, yeah, of course. I love this damn team. Shit. I'm sick of seeing what we were saying. But I'm hopeful today, Dub. And like I said, man, we got Denver coming here. I'm not going to be overconfident. But let's just say I'm optimistic. <laughs> I got a chance to woo-saw, thanks to you. There got a we chance. go. There we go. Uh -huh. <laughs> got a chance to get it off my back, man. Relax a little bit. And now my mind is right. My head is right. Now who we are week four, let's talk about it. Now, this is this is something I did want to ask you, right? So, obviously, Maddie Bafus and Lou Getty both spoke. We'll get into Lou Getty's portion here in a second. Maddie Bafus seemed to be pretty confident, though. And he feels like, hey, they're right there. He thinks that the offense is just right on the cusp of turning things around. Are you as confident as Matt Eberflus? Somewhat. But I can understand where he's at because some of that tough schedule, you had to go up against some tough teams. And going up against Kansas City was probably one of the toughest teams you're going to face pretty much all season. So you got your work cut off for you, but you can now say, you know what, we can turn the page and move forward, and now we can see what this team can continue to do going forward. But I like his idea of what his team is at and feeling like this team can continue to grow because I get it, and I understand part of the process was to go through. We had to go through in three weeks in, Perez. You've seen enough of the team, and you kind of know what your areas of opportunities are truly are. He feels that they're close to unlocking Justin Fields in that offense, and A.W., I'll tell you one thing. I hope that he's right. I mean, you would have thought that that shit would have been ready week one, but, you know, whatever. We we, we can't, you know what I'm saying, can't cry with spoiled milk. Right. But he's putting it out there and saying that Justin's focus is, has been improved and he's saying a lot of stuff that he's doing in terms of work and the day-to-day -day grind. He feels confident. So I guess for Bears fans, I guess that gives us some sort of reason <laughs> for optimism. I mean, in my opinion, I feel like, Justin isn't like the singular issue, and there's a lot to go into it, but it seems like Eberflus is kind of honing in on Justin and some of the things that he's been doing differently as of late. We did see a lot of Justin Fields in the pocket. We saw him make some flaws, right? We also saw some good things, too. So I would love to see him incorporate and utilize some of those good things we've seen out of him, but also you and I talked about as well, getting him on the move, let him utilize his legs as well. So if he's going to put together a complete game that way, I mean, we probably could see some good things out of Justin Fields in these next few weeks. Okay. When you look at it, you kind of teased it a second ago. Yeah, they did a pretty good job with the design runs. A couple of those run pass options. Getting them out of the pocket a little bit. 
You right. know what I mean? They even took a couple shots down the field, right? I thought yep. those things were okay. But the thing that we're not seeing is them capitalizing on our opportunities. I'm hoping that we see a little bit more of that getting opened up here in this matchup against Denver. Because to another point that I made on the previous show, I think Matt Eberflus is on the hottest of hot seats. And if this shit continues the path that it's going, he may be the first NFL coach to get fired. And a lot of people are starting to feel that way. And you remember, we were the ones back in the early September that the ones were like, hey, this guy right here, man, he may not be it. Now everybody right. else is catching up to where we were at. Mm-hmm. This Broncos team, and you and I see enough of them as well, not that good. So if you can't show any good signs. But neither are we. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Two bad teams going against each other, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> so if we can't show any signs of doing something well, running the football, passing the football, or even seeing an improved Justin Fields against one of the worst teams in the NFL, Eberflus, you right, Press. Your dates are numbered for sure. Like we said, I, I don't want to retrace anything from the last episode, but for me, the biggest indicator of your team it's preparation, right? And if yeah. they continue week in and week out to look unprepared, then it's like, well, what are you guys doing all week? Right. And what's the game plan? Um, we know going forward now that he's going to be calling the defensive play calls for the rest of the season. Okay, well, now there's nobody else to, to blame here, right? Alan Williams is done. Matty Fuchs, you about said this is your defense. I mean, it was your defense before, but now this is really your defense. And you have the defense under a microscope now. So what you didn't know before – you definitely will find out for sure about what your defense can do and what they capabilities truly are because it's on your watch for sure. Alan Williams, like Fred talked about, no longer here. It's all on you now. So you're calling the plays. You get to see everything, what you're looking for out of this defense. Now, this is one thing now to be fair to him a little bit, and I alluded to this on the last show. There have been some injuries there in the secondary. However, this defense has still been pretty awful. And, I mean, I'm not going to get all into the stats of it, Honestly, but if you guys Google it, <laughs> all the key metrics that are out there, we're pretty much last there. Defensively. Right. It's ugly. And if we ain't last, we're in the bottom five. And the thing I like about what you're going at with this here, you're right. Our secondary is banged up. But what they got to do with applying pressure? Uh-huh. Everybody got to do about it in the trenches. But they've been banged up. I understand that. But our defensive line has not been banged up. Why can't they get home and make some great things happen? So you're right. That's on you, Eberflus. You got to figure that out, man. Definitely got to figure it out. Now to your boy, Lou Getz. (laughs) We were over here talking about the defense, and like I said, that offense, it's been pretty damn bad to me as well. And you look at the key metrics that count there. Our offense is pretty much in the bottom five. But despite all these struggles, your boy, Lou Getz, he said he's not concerned, and he's preaching patience. And I want to sit up here and ask him, how much more fucking patience do you want us to have over here, bro? But he says... Great things are on the way for the offense, hey, Doug. I don't know what the hell you mean by that, Perez. Great things are on the way because what we saw these first three weeks didn't give us a lot of hope, though, you know. And the only thing that gives me hope is knowing the fact that we have weapons to go along with Justin Fields. That's what gives me hope, knowing that we got DJ Moore. That guy worked his tail off. He's one of the best wide receivers out there. And you got Money Moon. You have Claypool. So we have weapons. That's what gives me hope to say that Justin Fields, you are not alone in this, even though it has not worked out thus far. But this gives me hope of saying that, hey, maybe there is something that they can do that continue to work at it, and maybe the time is a little off. Maybe you can figure that stuff out, right, and put some right plays in place to where we can get to those skills. I mean, this man, from looking at the film review, feels like they left some plays out there on the field. Now, for me personally, 
I watched the film. I don't know what he saw. I mean, obviously, he knows more about football than I ever will, allegedly. But I didn't see the same thing that he saw on my rewatch. But he's saying he saw at least seven or eight plays that he said should have been explosive plays. Now, I guess. <laughs> but, again, like you said, that's all talk. Because if that's what you saw, then what kept it from being that? Because the Chiefs, they shouldn't have a problem with those explosive plays that you claim that y'all had on, on left on the field. I'm like, well, psh, the hell. I'm sure they, they feel like they left some shit on the field, too. Right. <laughs> but, again, this man feels like they're right there on the cusp of things. But one thing that I just implore is if you're playing a good team like the Chiefs, we are not good enough to let those quote-unquote opportunities that Luke Getz is telling us that he saw out there, you can't let those things slide by. We're not that good, and we did. So my whole thing is with this Broncos matchup, A-Dub, I really hope <laughs> that after three and a half weeks, man, that these guys know what needs to be done here. I mean, we keep talking about the same things of unlocking Justin Fields. They got weapons. The offensive line, we keep saying the same thing. I'm not a broken record. At this point, man, the Bears just have to go out there and execute and get it the fuck done. And the only way to bounce back from that type of rust is to go out there and give it your all. So I'm hoping that all the players got a chance to reflect, the coaching staff as well, Ryan Poles as well, got a chance to relook at this team for what it is and say, look, a lot has to change if we want to get a W. Now, Doug, you know, something else I want to break up, and I think it's kind of interesting, right? It was not long ago, A-Dub, that many of us, or clamoring for Russell Wilson to be a part of the Chicago Bears franchise. You remember that when yep. Seattle and him were heading towards that breakup. We saw so many Russell Wilson pictures in a Chicago Bears uniform all over Twitter. We were all expecting it. We were all hoping for it. <laughs> and it's just so <laughs> funny <laughs> that when it didn't happen, you know, some people were disappointed, right? And we had to go with the backup option, which ended up being Justin Fields. Right. When I look at our situation, I'm like, man, I'm so glad that shit didn't happen. I didn't like the fact that people were putting Russell Wilson on the same playing field as Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Peyton Manning. Even his last season over in Seattle, we realized that Russell Wilson isn't that guy who can carry like those other superstar quarterbacks can do. You know, so it shows that he needed a lot of help. He needed that big-time secondary from Seattle. He needed, you know, that, that, that great running back he had over in Seattle. He needed all those pieces, man, to be who he was, Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's a trash quarterback. I'm just saying he's not that top-tier quarterback, as people were saying. Denver gave him multiple first-round draft picks, threw him a boatload of cash. This man was getting all his special privileges last season. My whole thing about bringing up my part of that, Ada, was just saying how we dodged a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> because imagine if we would have brought him here. Listen, could you imagine how the fan base would feel if Russell Wilson was thinking it up? I mean, they already turned on Justin. Imagine Russell being here. Sierra would never be here in town. Always <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Sierra like, I'm not going to Chicago, man. Those fans do not like you at all, Russell. Hey, you're, right. <laughs> you're right, friends. He'd have got torched, man, coming here. Imagine what the fan base would have done to him. True that. But okay, now going into this matchup, right? That he's going to be one of the players that obviously we need to talk about, right? And so the Broncos, you know, they have some decent talent on the team. I wouldn't say yeah. overly talented, but now I know I was picking on Russell Wilson a second ago and saying how I think that <laughs> the Bears, we dodged one by not getting this guy. 
I would say he's not the sole reason why the Broncos are having troubles right now, Edel. His numbers, they've been okay. Like I said, he's been better than he was last season. Him and Sean Payne, they seem like they work pretty well together. And the one thing also, too, to keep in mind, A-Dub, and this is probably something that might not bode as well for us facing them, is that Russell Wilson is starting to see the field like he did when he was with the Seahawks. Now, I know we are all talking about what happened against them with the Dolphins, but, hey, that Dolphins game, that that Dolphins offense, that, that's just different, bro. I mean, <laughs> speed kills. And you know what the hell they got going on that offense. Ooh, we, you're right, friends. They just play on, on a whole other level, and nothing you can do about that. But back to Russell, though, I feel like he's starting to get a good rapport with his receivers. And Cortland Sutton, Marvin Williams, these are some guys on this that we really need to make sure that we're holding in on. I mean, especially a guy like Cortland Sutton. You know. That dude can fly, Perez. I mean, he, he runs some nice routes, bro. Got some good hands. I mean, he's a tough cover, man, So for anybody, really. So I think that he kind of went underrated in the game because of how explosive Cheetah is. But you're right, Perez. He's somebody to work the, the reckon with. And, um, Got to make sure you stay close to a guy like him. And then a guy like Marvin Williams, a rookie, second-round draft pick for the for the Broncos, he's a guy right here that could be a home run threat in this offense for the Broncos. He hasn't been totally unleashed yet. And because the Bears do play that cover two look, <laughs> it may limit those big plays for the Broncos. But we got a guy like Mims, he is that home run threat in that offense. Rookie or not, you got to worry about that guy, man. And I think he's somebody that could potentially, right, be impactful in a game like this. Because you and I know our secondary hasn't been the best. So you're right. He could be somebody that could try to exploit it. So, yeah, he's going to be somebody we're going to have to definitely pay close attention to. If there's any sort of, like, a go route or any sort of stop and go route that's going to be called in this game on the Broncos' side, I guarantee it's going to go to Mims. I mean, he's been making a lot of plays for them so far, and the limited amount of big plays that they've had, it's been him. So he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. So that's somebody, when I watched the film, I said, okay, if they utilize this kid better, he could be a big-time weapon for them. Because, like you said, most people, they talk about Cortland. But see, Cortland's coming off that injury. And so, you know, anytime a receiver tears an ACL – it's tough, man. It's a, it's a long recovery to get back to, you know what I'm saying, to who you were. And I feel like this season, Sutton might probably be back now. I mean, this injury, he suffered that thing two, three years ago. I was talking about the connection that Russell Wilson has with these receivers. The the relationship that Wilson has developed with Cortland Sutton has dramatically improved because last year, that shit just was not working. They got very good chemistry. They almost always on the same page with him and Wilson. So you kind of like that if you if you were for the Broncos. You can see that happening. And the Jerry um, Judy. He's just as good, too, man, as the other two. So a guy like him in the slot doing great things, I mean, they got some weapons, and I think that Russell have no problem targeting any of those three guys. True, but the reason why I was focusing on Sutton is because he's the number one option there in that, in that offense. Oh, yeah. Also, too, with our secondary being banged up, banged up, whether it's Judy, whether it's Wims, whether it's Sutton, uh-huh. we don't have a tough afternoon ahead of us, man, especially if we have guys that are going to be out. I mean, look what Mike Evans did to us a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And at that point, we had everybody in the lineup for the most part. As I mentioned before, I I spoke highly of our secondary. You did as well. But when you're banged up, man, Tyler Gordy gone, Eddie Jackson foot, Brisker been in and out, you know, due to health reasons as well on the field, cramps and all that stuff. Stevenson. 
yeah, Tyree Stevenson, concussion. Bro, you lose a lot in the secondary. And we're talking about impact players, friends, who could be impact players for the Bears this season. When you lose that, you don't got enough depth to cover all that, friends. <laughs> I just don't think most teams do, you know. That's a lot you're missing, man, the secondary. And then real quick on the flip side of it, DJ Moore. Now, you and I have been talking at length about getting him more involved. And last week, we saw that psh, that was non-existent. I thought that the game before that, we were starting to move in the right direction against the Bucks. But Patrick Sertan, the second. This is another matchup that I think could be a tough one for the DJ Moore and the Bears' offense. Sertan, he's, hey, shut down corner. If we were struggling getting DJ Moore the ball last week, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? And I think that's why it's going to be imperative, Doug, that the others are getting open and that Justin Fields getting that ball out quick. Friends, talk about that because you're right. You know how good Sertan is, right? No doubt. But that definitely opens up someone like Money Moon, who I think should have a good game against the Broncos. So you're right. While DJ Moore got his hands full, this is a good opportunity for the others to step in. Cole commit to get out and do something. Claypool, this is your chance, man, because that Broncos secondary is not that strong. And you're right. Sertan got to do, got to handle the, the biggest weapon for the Bears. That is DJ Moore. I'm not sitting here trying to tell the audience that Sertan is Deion Sanders or some shit like that. I'm not saying all that. I'm right. just saying that he has a lot of talent, but he's also a talented player on the bad defense. On a defense, he got torched last week by the Dolphins. However, he may be looking at his wounds from that performance. He may be looking to get back. I mean, because he got burnt a couple times last week. But mm -hmm. I just want to put it on people's radar that if you're looking at this matchup, it's going to be probably DJ Moore and him lined up against each other most of the day. And I'll tell you, Perez, if you're a fan of just football, it's a good matchup, right? It's a good matchup. It's an exciting matchup. Two competitors going at it. You love things like that, right? But what that does for a guy like Justin Fields, how many chances are you going to take with DJ Moore, maybe in tight coverage? You know, are you going to be reluctant to pass it to him? Are you going to give him some 50-50 chances? You did it before, right, last week, but how often are you going to do it? It may create some opportunity for some others to do some work. Now, before we get into some of our keys to victory and obviously in the show with our score prediction, I want to kind of talk through the injury report a little bit, A-Dub, because you kind of teased it a second ago when you talked about the secondary. And right now, I mean, when you look at the injury report and who hasn't practiced, it, it hasn't been – it just hasn't been something that's given me anything to, like, feel good about, right? I mean, Jalen Johnson with the hamstring, that's never good. Eddie Jackson with the foot. Blackwell with the hamstring, right? These people are missing – these guys are missing consecutive practices out here. Kyler Gordon, he's already out on IR. So right. you just think about the, the number of bodies that are out right now. Now, Tyreek Stevenson was a full participant for the second practice in a row. So that's a good sign. So him and Jafar Briscoe right now are the only starting guys in that secondary that are healthy right now. You're not miss if you're missing your key players like that, you're putting so much pressure pretty much on your D-line to do a lot of dirty work for you. And we talk about a D-line that hasn't really stepped up all season for the Chicago Bears. And they might do so in week four, but how confident are you with that? You just don't know. But you put so much pressure on your secondary, man, to make big plays, and it's tough when you're limited. All right, Doug. Keys to victory. What say you? You got to get the run game going. That means, hey, Justin Fields, he's going to run it. If it's going to mean Roshan Johnson running it or Khalil Herbert running it, 
You got to get them involved for sure. And I think against the Broncos, they got a chance to exploit some of that. We may even see more of Justin Fields doing most of the heavy running because it's going to be some opportunities there for Justin Fields to do so. Based upon the team who we're playing against, I don't think the Broncos are that great with getting home like that. I think the Bears can exploit that. So I can see that as being one of the options for the Bears to try to create some balance in this game. I mean, the running backs have been a non-factor, but my whole thing is we've gone away from the running game very quickly. Last week we had to just because the Chiefs ran away with the game. Right. My thing is that's a great key, A-Dub, because when we have tried to run the football, I think it's been successful, especially when you look at a guy like Roshan Johnson and you look at his yards per carry. I think for us to have a chance in this game, you're going to have to have a heavy dose of that running game. Yeah. I talked about the Broncos' defense a second ago, and I don't think it's the greatest defense, but their secondary, I think, is pretty adequate, right? So if you look at any area where we may be able to gash them, I think it is with the running game. Look at their past couple of weeks. I mean, Devon, A-Chain just ran over them, right? I understand that's a loaded team Dolphins. I'm not taking anything away. Look before we week for that, you know, against Washington, Brian Robinson Jr., he done his thing as well, Perez. So, they haven't been as great at stopping the run, which means that the Bears possibly could exploit some of that. And to the point you made about Justin Fields, hey, he's going to be that final piece of that triple threat running attack that we saw last season, right? And if they're able to successfully incorporate Justin into the running attack, that's going to open up those passing lanes to take those shots down the field, whether it's a DJ Moore, Mooney, Claypool, I don't give a fuck who. <laughs> but I want to see some fucking big plays going down the field. But I think that running game ain't up as a hell of a key because that's going to be really – to kind of piggyback your key, yes, the running game, that's going to be super important. But I think Justin Fields is going to have to play his best game of the season. Now, I know at this point it's probably sounding like a broken record all this. I'm sure you guys are probably all tired of, of us and, and probably other people talking about, oh, we got to unlock Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to have to play better. But what I'm trying to tell you all is behind any sort of offense in this league, quarterback play is the ultimate important piece of the puzzle. And right now, this Bears team is living and dying by Justin Fields and his struggles. And right now, it's dying a slow death. <laughs> and what we need to see from Justin Fields and his Bears office is them coming out there Sunday and showing us the team that we all thought we were going to see here in year three. There's no excuse when it comes to weapons. Offensive line, okay, there's been some times there where he's had a lot of time to throw and he still isn't getting the ball where it needs to get to. So we can't necessarily always throw the offensive line out there. It hasn't been perfect, but there still have been opportunities out there for plays to be made. We need to see more out of Justin, whether it's him running the football or whether it's him taking deep shots down the field. We can't afford more than 99 passing yards Justin Fields that we saw in week three. That is not going to cut it. If you can't get nothing going against the Denver Broncos, I'm not sure who the hell you can get something going up against as a quarterback. So – I do hope that Justin can play his best game against the Broncos because that will give – talk about being optimistic and give the team hope. That's what it would do. But they're going to need him to play extremely well for us to give this team, again, some encouragement about what they can do going forward because this is the time to do it right now. you got a golden opportunity to do that, and that's what the people are waiting for. And I'm quite sure I hope Luke Getzey and Iberflus prepared them for this type of game here. That's my last key. It's, re it's related to Lou Getzey and Matt Eberflus having better game plans, they do. 
Mm-hmm. Now, both of these guys, in my opinion, they're public enemy number one with me. I don't even know what <laughs> other people out there feel like. Right now, I won't smoke with both of those cats. Yes, he did in that Kansas City Chiefs game was criminal. I thought that the passing concepts that they had out there was remedial at best. There's kids out here, nine-year-olds that play Madden, that would have been more complex than what he did out there. It was awful. I thought that Matt Eberflus did a really poor job at calling plays last week. I mean, his coverages, I mean, you've talked about this in the past, that vanilla, bland-ass shit that just doesn't do anything. It don't stop anything. Right. And so, for me, both of these guys, they need to show us more. So, I need to see more out of Luke Getzey and, and, and Matt Eberflus on Sunday. Yeah, that's a damn good one right there, Perez, because you put the man on the spotlight for the right reasons. He have not been able to get the job done with Justin Fields or this offense, Perez. So you're right, man. Luke Getzey is public enemy. But I, I got to roll with you. You talk about Eberflus as well. Eberflus, your defense and what you're good at, great at, was supposed to be great at, you ain't got nothing done for the Bears on that side of football on the defensive end. So to me, man, if you can't get that right, we can't get one of these things going, offense or defense. Bro, this is going to be a sad year for the Chicago Bears. But I do have another key for you, man. The other thing I think the Bears that I do well, Perez, is let a guy like Roshan Johnson be a factor in the passing game. I think he's a guy. I think Herbert have done well with it as well. I think that you talk about just the field checking the ball down. I believe that Herbert and Roshan Johnson will be a bubble for that, bro. So be able to see those guys. They can pick up some yardage after that, after the catch. Go ahead and hit those guys. Nothing available downfield. But you got to utilize those guys as weapons on the offensive side of the football because I think that's a, a good shot they can take as well to exploit the Denver defense. No, I do like that, you know, and that'll go a long way with kind of complimenting Justin having the best game, that we, you know, saying of the season, right? If he can do those types basically taking what the defense gives him, right? If, if he has those opportunities to check it down, cool. If he gets a chance to take a shot, go ahead and do that. You know what I'm saying? Right. If he's got a, a lane to run, do that shit, right? So my biggest thing is I I, I love that. You know, I'm, I, I got another key for the audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, things are just percolating in my brain right now. Now, I'm over here talking about Justin Fields and the things that I feel like he should be able to do. Now, on the flip side, that Russell Wilson, we got to do a really good job with our pass rush, finally. The pass rush needs to get home. Yeah. We got to contain Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson is really good at keeping plays alive. He is. And we cannot allow him to do that because if he does that, we're cooked. I mean, look at what Baker Mayfield did to us in week two. And we talk about Baker Mayfield. <laughs> right. But he kept plays alive. As I mentioned earlier with Corliss Sutton, you mentioned with Jerry Judy and it also with Wimps. If we allow Russell Wilson time in that pocket, he's going to pick us apart because he's got a talented crew of weapons in that offense that can make plays down the field, especially if our secondary is going into this matchup as banged up as it looks like it's going to right now. Chris, you're spot on, man. They got the advantage, bro. It is what it is. We banged up, bro. Like you just said, and going to this game, we're banged up. It's going to be tough. But to alleviate that, you got to get home. You got to give pressure on Russell Wilson. You're right, Perez. You can't let Russell Wilson roam out there freely, man, and then make him become effective in a scramble drill as well. You can't do that. You got to put some pressure on Russell Wilson and force him to make some mistakes, you know? And he can't make mistakes. We've seen him do it. But you got to get home, get close enough to force him to do it. Now I got to look at these guys like DeMarcus uh, Walker. You know, you got to get home, man. And Guacway, you got to get home. And we got to put some pressure through that middle as well. So 
you got to make sure Russell Wilson is not comfortable with that passing game. A hundred percent, man. We need that front four to step it the fuck up, and and that, that's that's it. You know, there's nothing else to talk about with that. I mean, what Matt Eberflus can do, he can do a better job of calling some nice schemes to fool Russell Wilson. But at the yeah. end of the day, we got to get pressure on that fucking quarterback because if not, it's going to be a long afternoon for the Bears. Last week, they still had over 300 plus yards and passing the football, so they still was able to move the football downfield at times. I mean, last time we played these guys back in 2019, we beat them, edged them out. My boy Andy Pinheiro, yeah, I know that's a blast from the past. <laughs> 53 year off field goal, man, with time expired there in Denver. But that's a long time ago, man. Long time. Yeah. Oh, shit. That team right there, that was Joe Flacco um, that was on, um, that, that was running the offense for them. And, and shit, they had almost, a, I can't remember, man, what the exact numbers were, but I just remember, man, he lit it up. Um, he had a lot of yards in that ball game. Our defense got fucking lit up. And I remember Mitch didn't do shit in that ball game. <laughs> oh, my man Mitch, man. But I'll tell you one thing, man. The advantage that we had in that game was that uh, my boy David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, they, they were crushing it in the run game in that one. But anyway, I don't want to be taking the audience down too many uh, trips down memory lane, but score prediction time. Now, with that being said, I mentioned the last time we faced this team, we beat them on the road. However, in this matchup, DraftKings has the Bears as a three-and-a-half-point home underdog the dub. So in our return to Denver, DraftKings is like, meh, we're not so damn confident in the Bears. So A-Dub, what say you week four? I think the Bears get their first win of the season, 26-23. to 23. Bears get the victory. I think you might be right, A-Dub. I think especially if they do the things that we said here in this show, the keys to this victory. If they follow that blueprint, I think the Bears will be okay. I got the Bears winning 20 to 13. It's just crazy, though, man. The Bears have been underdogs three times already this season. The only game that they were favorites in was that Packers game. We know how that went. And ever since then, Vegas is like, fuck the Bears. <laughs> so I can understand others outside of Chicago feeling the same way. Well, listen, audience, that's it. It's a wrap on this show, at least. Cautiously optimistic heading into this game on Sunday. A-Dub and I'll be hollering back at you guys then. Until then, but thanks for helping make us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. We appreciate the listens. We don't take them lightly. On to dinner. We out.